Hi folks, welcome to Agency Unfiltered. I'm your host, Kevin Dunn, and Agency Unfiltered is a weekly podcast and web series that interviews agency owners, founders, and executives from around the world about operations, growth, and scale. Episodes can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts. This week, I have Steve Galligan and Joseph Mohe, Chief Executive Officer and Chief Revenue Officer of Integrated Digital Strategies, or IDS, respectively. IDS is unique in that their target niche is franchises, both the franchisor and the franchisees. In this episode, we talk a little bit about IDS's history and their pursuit of franchises. Was this business built with this niche in mind, or was it a discovery or a pivot over time? We then move over to franchise engagements and the solutions themselves. They discuss what these service offerings entail, the typical buyer journey for franchise prospects and clients, and the biggest or most unique considerations to factor in when offering services and solutions to franchises. Lastly, we wrap up with how this manifests in their operations and their processes. They share their approach for handling, working with, and providing value for the franchisers and each individual franchisee, and how they've structured their org chart and teams to enable these engagements for these clients. Agency Unfiltered begins in three, two, Stephen Joseph, hello, welcome to Agency Unfiltered. How are we both doing? Doing great. Beautiful day. Sun is shining here in north of Austin and uh, looking forward to uh, continued better weather. And down here yes. in Orlando, Florida, it's, it's always sunny down here, like the show, sunny in Philadelphia, but in Orlando. <laughs> uh, yeah, way to humble brag, the Florida weather. I mean, obviously <laughs> dialing in from Boston, we're like just starting to get some seasonal turn here. But, you know, looking out my window, there's still plenty of snow on the ground, so. Well, uh, in a matter of time, it'll all be gone. Um, thank you both for jumping in. Uh, why don't just before I get into just my line of questioning, give us a, a quick introduction breakdown. Who are you two? Uh, what roles are you at IDS? And then uh, where does IDS see itself fitting into the, the larger partner community? Give us a quick rundown. Yeah, I can jump in real quickly. Uh, Joe and I started the company 10 years ago, be 10 years on July 1st. So I'm CEO and co-founder along with Joe. And uh, we started as a digital marketing agency after, you know, we spent several years in the digital space, but going back and forth between digital and traditional, we saw a great opportunity, especially in the franchise space, because, you know, everyone was looking for uh, new ways to gather information. And Joe and I both had had good experience in the digital world. And we decided, hey, we know what needs to be done in this space. And uh, we set out to... Uh, put together this company, Integrated Digital Strategy, that serves the franchise space. And Joe can tell you a little bit more about, you know, what we're doing in that regard. That's great. So uh, Joe Mohe here, uh, Chief, uh, Chief Revenue Officer and also co-founder. Uh, so been uh, in the digital space, bringing buyers and sellers together for about 20 years, um, working in all facets of digital marketing from, you know, inbound to local digital marketing and SEO. So we really thought as, a, as, a, as an agency, you know, coming into the franchise community, we can really serve both, um, both sides of a franchise, which are basically the, 
the franchisors, uh, which are there to sell franchises to grow their brand uh, footprint, and then franchisees, uh, so helping them acquire more local customers. Um, and that's been a staple of our business now, uh, almost 10 years of, of our company. So uh, we'll share with you guys uh, some of the tips and tricks and, and ways we've done it over the years and, and be helpful to the community. Yeah, no, that's great. Uh, I mean, that's the topic at hand. I think you guys have a, a ton of experience uh, with uh, franchisees and franchisers as clients. And so we'll get into all of that and more. My first question, though, is, uh, and it sounds like you've alluded to this, but just to confirm, was IDS built with this niche in mind? Y- yes or no? And if no, how did that discovery or pivot point occur for like a target audience or a target niche? You know what I mean? Yes, yeah, so I can take a quick um, stab at that. Joe and I traditionally came from, you know, newspaper and yellow pages and, uh, you know, the traditional marketing space. So we thought that there was only a logical progression to, you know, migrate from, you know, the traditional print and uh, really call on any small to medium sized business. And I think what we found found out quickly was there was a lot of work and uh, they didn't really get it and people were reluctant to spend so then we thought we would migrate to the publishing space because, you know, they didn't have the digital chops. They did have the ability to produce newspapers, yellow pages, magazines. And we thought naturally they would want to progress this way. But it was a very difficult transition. So um, we had a vendor who was involved with analytics and he had dashboards. So he had an oversight uh, as to who was growing fast. And he said, you guys, you should take a look at franchising because, you pick up one client, you pick up 100 or 200 clients, and they also, uh, they need it. You know, they haven't really um, moved to the digital space, maybe as fast as some others have. So he said that there's a pretty good opportunity there. So Joe and I uh, quickly, I would say within a year and a half to two years to the franchise space, really, we never looked back. And Joe, why don't you build upon, you know, some of the things that got us into the space with Fran Dev that, you know, you thought was a good place for us to be headed. Yeah, so uh, we, we obviously knew as a, a newcomer into a franchise uh, community where there are agencies serving them in, in many facets that we had to make a name for ourselves and, you know, get, get some opportunities just to prove ourselves. So we um, obviously, you know, no digital. We, we were obviously adopters of HubSpot and knew uh, quite a bit about the inbound methodology. We said, well, instead of going out to these brands and just trying to break through and get into these CMOs and CEOs about taking on a whole brand – why don't we angle it to the franchise development and recruitment side of the brand? Mm. Because they are salespeople at heart. They're highly aggressive in regards to growing. They have sales goals and they have to get good leads. And uh, what we know about inbound, it really resonates with these types of, uh, of, of, of partners. So we were building conversations about inbound marketing and, and buyer's journey like this is like to them, like, wow, this is exactly the kind of marketing I want to do. I've never heard of this before. It's as weird as it sounds. This was again, eight years ago. So we got in the door with a good number of brands using HubSpot and, and the inbound marketing methodology uh, to help them attract their ideal franchise buyer. And, uh, you know, building out very robust websites that have uh, a lot of the big questions and what we call carebouts of mm-hmm. what a prospective franchisee may want to know when considering a franchise opportunity. And so we leveraged a lot of that knowledge and, and applied those uh, strategies and proved out the model quite quickly. Uh, and, and, and a number of brands later, we're still doing it, right? Eight years out of the 10 years, 
We're up to about 55 brands, all of them doing uh, what I've just described here, right? Mm -hmm. Through inbound marketing, um, really robust sites, great SEO, great content, great digital ads, and trying to close that loop for them every step of the way so they can measure their ROI. Uh, so it's been a, a real uh, match made in heaven, I would say. That's great. <clears throat> I like the, uh, the the extra spin kind of you put on the way in which you target these folks. Yeah. And it's not just like corporate level branding and marketing, but it's new franchisee acquisition. It sounds like that's kind of the spin here that works really mm -hmm. well. Um, you've alluded to some of it. Uh, I think you mentioned SEO. You need a really strong website. You need some ads and some content marketing to enablement. What is the, or how templated is this kind of service offering? Uh, or is it wildly customized based on uh, each franchise that you work with? But like, what is, walk me through the typical engagement and, and how some of these surfaces, uh, services come to be. Yeah, I would say it's a little bit of both. You know, I had a conversation with a guy today who we're going to be partnering with who's into branding and messaging, and we talked about that. So there is certain cadence to a franchise website, whether it be consumer or friend dev B2B. Mm -hmm. uh, what you don't want to do is you don't want to compare, come off as though it's sort of cookie cutter. You know, you want to have that customization, but then you also want to make sure that you have certain elements, things like calls to action um, and, uh, email submission boxes and, you know, what are the finances that it takes to get to buy that franchise and, and why they should buy it. You have really the first page to get that across. So those things are standard across the board. Having said that, you have to have the messaging, the look and feel um, for that franchise so that, uh, you know, the prospective buyer or the consumer, you know, sees value in it right off the bat. Yeah, I would, I would expand on that uh, one thought is really um, what, what I feel Inbound has done for a lot of these brands and obviously many of them we work with, but others that we don't, they adopt the fact that they want to really cater to the persona that's going to be most successful with the franchise system. Because obviously you would think they're just there to sell another franchise, but a big part of franchise growth is a, a satisfaction of the franchisee. So what we try to do as a marketing partner is dig in and describe and all facets of persona development, how do we resonate with these ideal buyers, whether it's a multi-unit investor that already owns like brands and wants to complement their portfolio, or maybe it's a, a, a corporate executive looking to get out of the corporate world and, and become their own boss and have a little more control over their destiny, or maybe it's a military veteran that you know understands processes and systems, has some pension, has some money put away. Um, they're different buyers for different brands. And so that's where I feel um, a lot of these uh, brands that we work with, we do apply a very similar methodology, but every one of them is a little bit different in regards to who they're going after. Uh, it's also especially with the markets that they already probably serve and they want to obviously fill in what they call white space. So they don't want to be on top of each other in every market. They want to spread their footprint out as far as they can. So totally. there's definitely a different uh, subtleties between each brand, but the methodology around persona development, content that resonates with those personas. SEO is a big piece of what we do. We've done it since day one. We're making sure we can drive the lead acquisition costs down. Mm -hmm. So SEO is a big part of that, as you know. Um, and then, like Steve said, the nurturing, the lead, the lead nurturing. That's why HubSpot has been so impactful for us. We believe in, in all the, the ways you guys are able to nurture and automate um, those processes so they're more efficient with their time. Um, yeah. So that's really a big part of the franchise development side. Um, and how we've gone to serve the customers on that end. 
So it sounds like some of the tactics oftentimes could be similar, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's unique persona driven campaigns that each client is going to require. And mm-hmm. the goal here is just, yeah, customer acquisition costs, right. To enable mm-hmm. friend dev, uh, as you guys put it. Um, are there any nuances or considerations, things that you find are unique to this type of niche or client that you work with? Like what is, what is the biggest difference uh, with working with franchises versus working with, you know, a standard B2B client, if you will? Mm-hmm. I think it's a twofold situation. So you have the franchisor who's the parent corporation, and then you have the franchisees. So yep. I think it's very analogous almost to, um, you know, being a, a, a senator or a congressman where you've got your constituents that you have to keep happy. So, you know, the franchisor is only as good as the franchisees who uh, represent their product or service. So if they're not doing a good job, uh, providing that product and service, and they're not providing good value, they're going to hear from their constituents. Mm-hmm. So what we have to do, you know, is to identify the right buyer of that franchise. And then conversely, when we start managing those franchises, we've got to make sure that we deliver a good ROI for them. Otherwise, the franchisor is going to hear about it. So um, you've got one side where, you know, uh, franchises organizations make money two ways. One is every time they sell a franchise, you know, they get a good fee based on that. And then after the sale, they get uh, royalties. So, you know, we've got to help them to sell the franchises and then we have to help them keep their franchisees happy. So it's a little bit different from the corporate world. Let's say it's not a franchise and you've got a corporate headquarters and then you've got dealerships, you've got local stores you know, they don't have ownership that these uh, big corporations would have. So if you walk into a corporate owned uh, branch office, you know, the people are sort of punching their ticket. Mm-hmm. Conversely, you walk into a franchise, these folks own that business. Their livelihood depends on it. It's a really it. so great distinction. That I think is a nuance and that is a big difference from, you know, the general business population. Yeah. And I would add just, yeah, that whole support mechanism uh, was just on just minutes before this with a franchise client and they were keeping us abreast of operational changes they're doing that have no impact on marketing. Uh, yet we are, are learning those things because it, it does have a way to our, uh, like align with how we do our marketing where there's, there's uh, synergies between operations, sales and marketing um, that, that uh, help us. And as long as when you're part of a franchise uh, organization, I mean, your partners are equally important to them. So, um, you know, we have great, great uh, brands that we work with. And a lot of that has to do with just the fact that we're there to scale with them, to, uh, you know, communicate well what we hear in, in the field with the franchisees we're working with one-on-one. We share that and they vice versa return and reciprocate that on sentiment that they're getting. Um, and again, working with Platforms like a HubSpot where everything is very measurable, everything's very transparent. We know how to pull different levers to impact different locations. That's really one of the things we, we, we bring to the table uh, mm-hmm. that I think very few agencies can uh, in the franchise community. Uh, but the scalability piece, that's really uh, a big part of um, how a franchise marketing agency like us can, can help serve uh, brands. It's, it's scaling up as they grow. Um, <clears throat> scalability is a good word uh, for, for I think it's a good thread to pull on for my next question. I can imagine that there has to be some difficulties or complexities at scaling your own team if you're bringing on these franchisers and they have a growing list of franchisees. Do you work with and engage with all of the individual franchisees as well? And if so, like how in the world do you enable that? <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, so in some instances we do, some instances we don't. So some our clients are exclusively franchise development, <clears throat> but we do have, you know, a number of clients and there's about a thousand franchisees that we manage. So it's done through really, there's a human approach and HubSpot's part of that. So we have Service Hub that keeps track of those uh, franchisees. Every time they call in, every time they put in an email submission, they need some help, we track that. We track the progress of that. So that's a big part of how we keep track of that. Um, and then, you know, the, obviously if it's a franchise development situation, you know, it's just, it's a one-on-one -on -one relationship. The franchisor, yeah. that's all you have to do. Mm -hmm. But Joe, why don't you speak about maybe some of the details of franchise success managers that we yeah. employ in order to provide that service? Yeah, yeah it definitely requires more than one person on, on a specific franchise account. We'll have, you know, like a client success director as an example that oversees all the overall, you know, brands that we represent, the overall relationships, make sure they're being served well, um, anticipating anything that might be bubbling up and just being in front of things as much as they can. Then we have kind of a team of account managers that are there to really work hand in hand with, uh, you know, the corporate, uh, you know, contact that we deal with maybe in the marketing department to just make sure that we have a very strategic, holistic uh, approach on the overall marketing for that franchise system. Uh, then we have a layer of what we call franchise success managers that are there in the day-to-day -day working individual franchisees. Um, you would think a thousand franchisees, it's super demanding. And honestly, <laughs> when you set up the model well and you have all the tools in their hand, they're trained properly, they know how to get in touch when there's a, an issue, you don't really have a large percentage of the franchise coming at you every day with little requests. You've set the foundation, everything is working as fluidly as it can. That's a lot of what we try to do, but we become available. We're always available, phone, like you said, you know, support yep. tickets, chats, uh, because you do want to have a high-touch relationship uh, with the individual franchisees because their businesses are, you know, obviously they're part of a system. Everything is very like in regards to products and services, but there may be nuances within their local market. So you want to make sure you're tailoring some of the marketing messaging uh, to them um, and also giving them some additional tools, whether it's expanding into geofencing ads or paid ads to be more aggressive than just their basic, you know, Google my uh, Google business profile yep. or SEO. So we do try to make sure that our operations and account management are tiered to their, their specialty. And so we usually have three different layers to that. And the last layer is just that behind the scenes, uh, you know, support, right? Just, you know, evening time or after hours, putting out, you know, little, little uh, fire, not fires, I would say that, because that does happen, obviously, but just <laughs> yeah. being, being there when something does come up in, yeah. in a situation. So, um, yeah. Kevin, one other really important distinction to your question is, IDS is essentially technology integrators. HubSpot's part of that. Mm -hmm. We have another client who uh, helps us, not client, but a vendor a partner who helps us with, um, you know, social media distribution, and they can distribute unique uh, content to, you know, hundreds of locations. We also have partners that we deal with that provide, you know, good solid analytics, you know, good data analytics. Uh, we have another partner that helps with tracking of, of phone calls, email submissions, yep. so that uh, obviously uh, we're not a company that is receiving tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions in venture capital funding to build out, you know, our, um, marketing automation platform like HubSpot. <laughs> However, here's the good news. We have HubSpot. We have these other partners that we work with. 
we integrate them. We bring them all together so that uh, it's sort of like a band leader. And, uh, you know, there's different players within the orchestra that you have to bring together, deliver to the client. These clients don't have the wherewithal. They don't have the time. They don't have the interest to want to do that. They want to bring in someone like IDS who can take this technology, integrate it, and uh, put it together for them. I think that ultimately has been the hallmark of the success that we've received. Yeah, it sounds like technology integration, internal systems to enable more efficient support, um, uh, and then just having the human element ready to go as well, dedicated headcount in in the org chart uh, to support the the local franchisee level. Yeah, Uh, exactly. Is it safe to say that at the corporate level or the franchisor, it sounds like a lot of like uh, new franchise development, acquisition, that's the primary target there at the local level. Is it just more localized, regionalized marketing campaigns, getting their online presence appropriate? Like, is that what else factors into the more localized or regionalized campaigns at the free, uh, at the franchisee yeah. level? Yeah, I think you nail it. Like, let's just zone in on Google My Business is a good example. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll take Google My Business, but we'll enhance that for them so that, you know, they'll have a fresh presence. Um, it will be unique. There'll be good content there. There's something that we do to automate it. There's something we do to optimize it. So, you know, that's just one example. And then as far as, you know, uh, organic postings on um, social media, whether it's LinkedIn or whether it's Facebook, yep. Instagram, you know, we've got uh, automation that helps to do that. But the automation also, though, enables us to individualize each of these local franchisees because the last thing that they want to do is look like just one of uh, 100 or two or 300 locations. They want to have some individuality of course. You know, to their brand. Yep. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. One thing I, I would add to that because, you know, G, GBP or GMP, however people refer to it these days. Um, that is like the virtual door, right? That is everyone goes there. You can make buying decisions. I'm going to a website these days. If you just do a Google search and you come up with a, a, a listing there in the map. So we know how important that is. And so we put a lot of time, energy and resource to build that up almost as like if it's its own website, right? All the content, you know, videos make it so informative. And as we all know, in the SEO world, Google's going to give you more weight than others. So uh, that's like Steve said, a hallmark of what we do, but even more importantly is their location website, right? When we work with franchisors, we have to make sure that rising tides lifts all boats. So there's a a resource level on the franchisor in regards to their website and the performance of that when it comes to SEO and content marketing. And when they do it right, all that trickle down effect starts to happen to all the location pages. And so what we really try to do is make sure every location page is ranking for the most important keywords, where we're blending in some of that corporate content down to that local level. Google loves it, as you know, because that's exactly what Google loves to see. Yep. And then you've got the GBP profile that's optimized well, and we try to keep some postings in there uh, on a pretty regular basis that are a little bit more local to that area. So that keeps, you know, the, the searchers uh, searches coming to that profile more and more. Um, so those are kind of the core services we do. We call it a findability package just to give you the name of, of that. And it makes sense. It's a good name for it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's called findability because at the end of the day, like franchisees need to be findable, right? That's like it kind of aligns well with the way they think. Um, and you obviously want to have that bird's eye view as a franchise or to make sure everyone is findable as equally as possible. And that's where marketing partners like us come in and we're in front of that. We're sensing maybe some trends and we share 
what we learn is, hey, we need to uh, dial up here a little more. Maybe you could put some corporate efforts here. So we try to be really their partner the hep- every step of the way. Um, and then what franchisees typically do, that findable package is not really a heavy investment in regards to the dollar amount paid per franchisee. But, you know, over time, that aggregates to a lot of uh, marketing resources. Uh, but the paid ads is where each individual franchisee are given opportunities to spend more, right? If they're in a service business, say pest control or, or mosquito, there's a seasonal a- impact there. They will spend a ton more money during that period to sure. drive lead generation. Uh, so that's where we try to get involved and work a little bit more one-on-one to, to align with their goals. And again, everything flowing through a, a CRM or a marketing automation platform like a HubSpot to measure the, the sales effects of those marketing tools. It's one, one place to just double click in is actually, so like the packaging, the pricing, the ad budgets, is that negotiated and approved at the franchisor level? Or are those conversations you're having down at the, each individual franchisee level to determine like so it, cost? It works a little bit in two ways. So yeah. there's what's called an ad fund in the franchise space. So typically the franchisor and the franchisees will get together. They have what's called a franchise advisory council. And then even within the franchise advisory council, there's a franchise marketing council. So they'll say, you know, we have, I don't know, I'm just using round numbers, anywhere from 250 to $500 a month, might even be more than that, that we'll devote to marketing. <clears throat> and then that gets broken out by how much they want for digital marketing. So the franchisor will, you know, select a, a partner, you know, and give them that amount. And then they'll ask them to divvy up that money and find the best way to, to, uh, to spend that. Got money. it. Mm-hmm. Yep. That makes sense. Um, real quick, I I feel like I'm going back a few steps, but you had mentioned that there's folks on the team that are like account managers or support client service responsibilities for the franchisee level. Just for context, how big is the IDS team? How do you distribute the roles and responsibilities within the org chart? Like what's just the overall scope of the team, the size of the team? Yeah, so what we we do have what we call a pod model. So it's um, typically, um, guys, I think, obviously you're familiar with pods. I think we actually heard it at an inbound event years ago. So we have that centralized quarterback, right? So when we bring on a franchise or or franchise development client, uh, they are the direct contact liaison that's very sound in all facets of digital marketing. They obviously know franchising because they represent other brands. Uh, They're the quarterback facilitating the, the different pieces of the marketing program to make sure uh, you know, we're driving it value, we're, we're meeting the, the objectives, we're also, the trains are running on time, right? So we'll have, you know, our SEO uh, discipline, we'll have our social discipline, our content uh, department, our paid ads department, uh, the website development uh, representatives, everyone kind of has a role. Um, each one of those folks would be available in a certain situation to meet with, with you know, the franchisor and different uh, parts of the, of the relationship, but the quarterback that person in the middle is that account manager that's uh, really the person that they would work with very closely on, on kind of that corporate relationship. Under that, though, we, like, like Steve and I were explaining, we have a, a team of franchise success managers that are really out. They're not in the field necessarily, but virtually they are, right? Sure. They're, right. Yeah. Working, they're making sure that we're having our touch points with as many franchisees as we can, right? We want to make sure that they know we're there for them. Uh, to reinforce the value of the marketing they are putting into, like you said, that ad fund and looking for opportunities to improve upon uh, some of the marketing or add more resources to do more marketing. If maybe their business requires uh, more more uh, goals, uh, sales goals, 
So that franchise success manager is that, that line of defense to make sure that the franchisee is served really well and looking for opportunities to uh, help them grow even more. Um, and then that third layer I explained was really just the client success team. I know it sounds a little redundant, but these are people that are more behind the scenes, answering support tickets and emails and over communicating as much as we can on what's going on and statuses of, of some of the requests that might be coming in. Uh, Sounds like that group's more reactive to the support yes, requests that come in. Exactly. Yep, and I will say Service Hub has been a godsend for us. <laughs> we, we, we used it as we brought on a good number of brands over the last year to 18 months. And it was such a great way to obviously keep a pulse on everything, but getting the work done in a timely fashion. Um, was really helpful. And because we're using HubSpot on the sales and marketing front, we can kind of toggle between all three um, to corporate when we present, you know, overall what's going on with the franchise marketing. So it's good to hear a great success story for service. Yeah, go ahead, Steve. Yeah, I was going to say, as far as numbers go, you know, I think probably about, uh, you know, W2, you know, domestically based employees, close to 30 there, full-time employees. Right. However, you know, like a lot of companies these days, um, we're employing some folks who are contractor workers who are 1099s and, you know, they've been with us for a long time. I think the person who's been with us the longest, you know, does graphic arts for us. And then in addition to that, we have some offshore folks. So we've got a team in the Philippines who's been with us for years. Mm -hmm. And recently um, we've incorporated, um, you know, a team in South Africa. So we found that, uh, in South Africa, they have impeccable English. They've got really great digital marketing skills. Same thing holds true with the Philippines. Yeah. And uh, so it, it's a nice mix. You know, it's not all domestic. You know, we prefer domestic if we can get it. But let's face it, it's a very competitive marketplace. Even to find the people is difficult. Of course. So um, we're like everybody. We're in a world economy. And uh, IDS is no different from any other yeah, company. Borderless operations, right? Um, you got it. So... You know, oftentimes I, I feel, you know, especially in like sales conversations or proposals, I guess the more stakeholders and decision makers you can have in the room, the better, right? To get aligned. I can imagine with these types of clients, there's a lot of folks that you have to achieve buy-in from all the way down from the franchise or to the for individual franchisees. Have you ever experienced like misalignment or misaligned expectations between, you know, somebody at the franchise or level that, you know, is excited to partner with you, but that sort of enthusiasm or excitement or willingness didn't bubble down to the individual franchisee level. What does that look like? How does that come up frequently? Not so frequently? What does that look like? Yeah, I would say it comes up. It can come up all the time. And I give you sort of a tale of two examples. One example was the franchisor had us meet with the um, franchise marketing council or franchise advisory council. We had to convince them, you know, that we were the right, uh, choice, right solution. Having said that, we also had to, you know, convince the senior team there. So they fully knew that they needed buy-in from the franchisees because they didn't want to hear about it later on. We have another situation, though, where um, the franchisor really did not consult the franchisees because they wanted their independence. And the franchisor knew full well that it couldn't be giving them too much independence because they needed consistency of the footprint across the brand, sure. uh, consistency of the brand across the footprint, I should say. And uh, so it goes both ways. But you are that that comment is very it's a cogent point that 
you know, you have lots of constituents. You've got lots of people who have um, varying goals and uh, it can be a real balancing act to sort of uh, keep everybody happy. Um, looking at time as we approach, maybe just one or two final questions for you guys. First one is, what's the general sense of reporting a positive ROI on your engagements? And I, there's probably multiple layers to it. Is it franchise acquisition and development? Is it the ROI of franchise level marketing campaigns? How do you, what are the typical levels of benchmarking for success? Yeah. So I think it's, it's twofold. One is obviously the franchise development and most everybody has a dollar amount that they're willing to commit for that marketing to acquire that franchise. So, you know, it, it, it varies, you know, it depends. I mean, you're selling a, you know, a million dollar plus $2 million location. Obviously they're willing to invest a little bit more. Maybe the cost per acquisition for another franchisee is a lot less. So they're not willing to commit quite as much. Same thing holds true on the franchisee level. It depends what they're selling. If they're selling a small item, you know, it's a retail store where there's lots of people coming and going. Um, you know, there isn't as much uh, attention paid to that return. However, let's say the franchise uh, or is selling big ticket items, you know, with through their franchisees. Yep. Um, you know, then there's a lot more scrutiny. Uh, you know, let's say it's real estate. You know, right now, Joe's in a, a co-working space called Venture X. You know, it tends to be, um, you know, it's a whole different ball game than maybe it would be from someone who's selling batteries and bulbs, that kind of thing. 100%. So it, it varies. It's all over the place. Yeah, I would, I would just add, I mean, the thing with on the friend dev side, obviously they're, they care most about is leads, but more importantly, the quality of that lead. It becomes a yeah. franchise yeah. owner, right? So they have certain goals mm -hmm. in regards to sales and how many, uh, you know, leads they need to get that turn into a qualified applicant, a qualified applicant to uh, what they call uh, a discovery day where they're actually at the location, they're at the corporate office, hearing, seeing, touching as much as they can. Uh, then it's a closed deal, closed one in the HubSpot world, right? So our job as marketers is connecting the dots. And so HubSpot, like I said, has been such an invaluable tool for us because not only are we able to prove our marketing, but we're kept abreast of every stage of that sale. So when they do close a deal and they make 60, 70,000 plus in a fee, we're high-fiving each other. Like, hey, that lead came from uh, an SEO keyword that we optimized three months ago. You just made a great ROI, right? So it's fun you know, when, when things are going in that direction um, because they know they're getting a great ROI. Uh, with regard to the local piece, I, and I'm with, you know, a lot what Steve said, obviously the ROI on, on the dollar investment of what they're buying is super important. But a lot of times, Candidly, they just want to be found when they are looking, right? Making sure when I Google this keyword in my community, I'm in the game. I've got my, my GBP profile up in the top three. I got my organic result there. I know my phone is ringing. I'm probably not tracking it, but I know I'm getting new new calls every day since my marketing's gotten underway. So it's like Steve said, it's a little bit simplified for the franchisee because they're running a day-to-day -day business as a local business owner and they don't have the time or maybe mm -hmm. even some of the skills to understand the analytics of what they're seeing. But that's yep. why it's important as a partner, we're articulating that to the franchisees that do want to know, but more importantly, the franchisor and the corporate kind of uh, umbrella that they know how overall things are going because they are making uh, business decisions based on what we do for them. So yeah. no, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, final question here for you too. Uh, we wrap every episode with the same question and it's this, what is 
the strangest part of agency life? Uh, well, one of my strange parts is uh, on this podcast, I was in a co-working room and now I got moved to a phone booth because I didn't, I didn't <laughs> yeah. go out. Yeah, getting kicked out of conference rooms. That's a pretty good one. Yeah, that's pretty strange. World, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, I would say, I don't know if it's the strangest, but every day is different. You know, you meet so many different people and uh, it's uh, it's unique. And it's not, the thing I love about it is you're not doing the same thing day in and day out. Always is something new and exciting coming your way. Yeah. That's yeah. A good and I would just add with the strange, I don't think it's strange. I think it's just quite, quite enlightening is when you're in a space of like an agency or an agency in the space of franchising, you'd be, you would be shocked to know how many people know each other and they come from same walks of life, maybe work together in the past. And yeah. when you get validation from one, it's not a heart of a sale, right? It's like, Hey, you've proven yourself with this, this brand. Now I know this guy is going to be great because you did it for me. You can do it for him. So that's always a nice thing, uh, getting referrals and, 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 and validation from folks that are in the franchise community. Yeah, great. Absolutely. Yeah, great answers. Well, uh, Steve and Joe, uh, we're officially out of time. So I appreciate both jumping in, uh, talking franchises with me. Very enlightening, very informative. Uh, so thanks again for coming on. It's been a delight. Kevin, thanks for having us. Take care. Yeah, Thank you. As well. And for folks tuning in, this has been another episode of Agency Unfiltered. 